On Murder and Mystery Analysis by Dr. Phil, we've been covering the Sherry Papini kidnapping hoax. Today, we're dropping you a bonus episode of Supermom Missing. My guest today is retired Captain Pat Kropholler of the Shasta County Sheriff's Office. Now, he was first on the scene when Sherry Papini showed up alive on the side of the road in 2016, and he led the investigation. Well, today he's going to give us all the behind-the-scenes details about the investigation from his perspective. So, Captain Kropholler and criminal defense attorney and my good friend, Mark Iglarsh, thank you guys for joining us. This was quite a tangled web of lies you had to unweave. Mark, even with her ego, are you surprised that her husband or family or somebody didn't say, you need to get a lawyer in here because they're not talking to you to kill time. I think the average person thinks that if someone is truly innocent, that talking to law enforcement is not a bad thing. And she's so gifted at what she did that she convinced her husband. So her husband didn't jump in. His husband thought that she was Snow White innocent. Talk with them. You're a victim. Go right ahead. It doesn't surprise me. Really? Yeah. You've seen it before. Sure. I mean, she, was, she, she really was masterful. At what she did, the, the length of what she went through, I mean, the detail, plan from beginning to end, and the husband wants to believe. I want to, I, I've been with my wife 22 years, I want to believe her until there's evidence in my face. And it looked like there was evidence in his face in the interrogation yeah. room, but that still, he, he couldn't see it. He couldn't see it, and, and she just manipulated well, she had big equity with her injuries, even though there were things that didn't add up, Captain. Was that a big deal with y'all? Did you say, okay, I know some of this looks fishy, but somebody beat the hell out of this woman? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I was going back and forth in my head when she was still missing, um, you know, if she was gone voluntarily or not. But when you saw those injuries, it was, even to me, I was it was shocking. I was like, man, there's no one that's going to hurt themselves like this, you know, try to impress upon us that they were gone. I mean, it was it was shocking. Did you ask yourself, what's the payoff? There was no ransom. There was no money. It wasn't like she got a million-dollar ransom with somebody she split it with and then came back. What's the payoff? Why would she do it? I think it kind of hit the nail on the head. It was the the attention and what she thought this notoriety was going to bring her. I mean, she you can tell in her background, she did things to gather attention. You know, she needed attention. She she lived on that. She strived on that. So And, and then she wanted to get the attention of her husband. I mean, that uh, there were some issues with the, the husband, you know, marital issues that were going on behind the scenes, too, that no one knew about. Um, trying to get him to come home, you know, in the middle of the day. And, and he said, know, can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. He <laughs> wanted, she wanted him to come home for afternoon delight, and he, he couldn't get out of work or wouldn't, wasn't willing to. How late in the game were you flip-flopping? Um, I was flip-flopping from the very beginning, especially on scene. Um, you know, you brought, you know, the cell phone, the way it was found. Um, to me, that would look, was very suspicious. Um, and that same night, we also had a canine come out as I was um, trying to get uh, a lot of searches done, helicopter and so forth. And a canine actually searched from that location about 75 yards down the street, which later on we find out is about where she jumped in the car when, when uh, James came and picked her up. So she wasn't, you know, the canine lost scent 75 yards away from where she was telling us later on that she was taken. Mm -hmm. So all these little details, I mean, things like that were starting to formulate in our minds that, you know, these, these things just aren't adding up, you know, but we still had this victim. She was very convincing. 
injuries. Um, and we just kept going back and forth with just trying to vet out every little detail. On top of that, the numerous tips that we were getting, we got over 800 tips, you know, sightings and, and, and things from around the country and even around the world that we were still dealing with as well. Mark, when she made her plea, you were talking about going three levels down. Did she actually plead guilty? What kind of plea did she do? So in federal court, there's only trial or you plead guilty. No, no, no contest. It's got to be guilty. So she said, I did mail fraud. I did um, endeavor to obtain and obtain $30,000 that I wasn't entitled, entitled to using the mail. Initially, it was 34 counts. She pled to one. And then she pled to lying to law enforcement. Okay. Um, I didn't get to say it on the show, but I've got to get it out. I really, I would like to at least begin a discussion about minimum mandatory prison terms, which prosecutors can waive if they want. You find out that someone was abused or there's some deeply rooted problems. But when you discussed on your show about what was going on in her head, about why she was doing this, what was missing was, ooh, but if I get caught, there's that five-year minimum mandatory or a three-year minimum mandatory. We have minimum mandatory prison terms for things like leaving the scene of an accident with injury or DUI or pointing a gun at someone. Certain crimes that are just so problematic that we think the, the discussion to be, all right, we start off with this minimum mandatory term. And I think it's time to start because you, from what you said, there may be copycats in the future who want the attention. For sure. And I think that part of their discussion should be, ooh, but I'm going to prison for a while if I do this. Yeah, we can have them, but we got to make sure people know that. Because if you get a Jesse Smollett or whoever, they got to know. It's like jacks are better to open in poker. You know, I can do this, but if it goes bad, I'm doing at least five years in prison. Sure. And it's five to do. But first, you got to create the law. And I'm just saying, yeah. let's have a discussion. I know my fellow defense lawyers are going to have my head for this, but let's at least have a discussion why we don't. And then once it's there, you can start educating people and they'll be the next one. And then you can say on the Dr. Phil show, look, look, this person was facing this many years. And it starts with uh, discussing it. Yeah. You guys never hammered her. No, we didn't. Um, you know, she, again, she was a victim. You know, and we were really um, conscientious about that. But once you had the DNA evidence from James, once you had James confessing to what he did, once you had family members corroborating what he said, once you had her dead to rights and she was still saying, oh, no, it can't be James. Was there ever a point where you wanted to say, hey, I'm going to chain your hands to the top of this table so you can't hide behind them. You're going to look me in the eye and you're going to hear what I'm saying. You're lying and you need to confess to this right now. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a lot of frustration. Um, but. You know, it's just not the way they wanted to handle that particular interview. I mean, they were still, we were still giving her an off ramp. I mean, she could have came clean even at that time and probably avoided some of these charges, avoided, you know, she would have public scrutiny, but, um, you know, we would have given her that way out. I mean, she was given the many times throughout the, this entire case chances to tell us the truth. And what difference would that make? And, and by the way, I'm not saying that critically i think the police did a relentless never give up the ghost pursuit of this and brought her to justice i stand up and applaud they spent five years they could have given this up now she kept calling and poking the bear but 
this department stayed after this woman until they brought her to justice, that's to be applauded. I'm not being critical of how they interrogated her. I'm just saying, how did you keep with the frustration you had? How did you keep from <laughs> saying, look, bitch, you, you need to answer the questions here. Oh, I know. And there's, and I still, you know, go back and forth in my mind. I, I still want her to tell me the truth. I want to hear it from her mouth, you know, what she did, but we, we may never get that. Did she know? ever make an admission to any wrongdoing? No. You, you know it's coming though. It's coming though. She's going to do her 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 time in in, in camp, you know, in the, in the prison camp. Um, although you did say medium, she'll you know. So sometimes they get then they do a little bit of time there, and then they they lower them down and send them to the to the camp. But she'll get out, and she still will be filled with all of that narcissism and that desire for public attention. And then she'll sit down with hopefully you, and then you get to cross examine her. Well, you know it'll happen. You know, the harder you went at her too, there's other interviews, the more she was shut down. You know, she, she knew that. I mean, you, you could see that. I mean, especially going backwards, but even when I was looking at some of these videos the first time, if she was talking about something she was comfortable with, like what happened the day before or details that she knew weren't a lie, like she was in a room with a, with a, a bar in the closet, she could look you right in the face and talk about it. And I don't think it, it would have made a difference. I, I honestly, so I'm thinking of some of the tough Miami cops we got who would have metaphorically beaten her down with words, which all as a as human beings, we just want to see because we want some harm to come to her. It looked like it wouldn't have made a difference. Well, the second you you did do that, she would, she would show, you know, put her hands in her she face. She goes into fetal position. She'd put herself in a fetal position in a chair and, and she would shut down. And then we wouldn't hear from her for several months, you know, and then- yeah. You know, there was, and I'll be honest, there was a time that, um, you know, we kind of outed her in the media. Um, sometime in 2017, there was a press release that went out. And if you read between the lines in that press release, you can tell that we were doubting her story as well as we brought up the past relationships. And that kind of put us in a, in a, in a, in a, in a jam with her and the family, you know, so they started to contact our federal, you know, partners more because they were a little upset with us. And I kind of took that on the chin as the, as the captain talking with her. And they, they were upset that we were, now we were shaming her. And so every time you did something or try to go hard to try to get some information, they would shut down and the family would come around her. My Bessie Stormburst low top and weekend sneakers empower my summer adventures. Now I went to New York last week because I had to do a press tour and I was prepared to embrace the summer season to its fullest, no matter what it threw my way weather-wise. And I'd been going from interview to interview, like seriously, 15, 20 during the day. And then I went to a dinner with clients. I knew that in the middle of that dinner, I had to do one more really key interview. And in order to do it, I had to leave the middle of that dinner and that noisy restaurant for about 10 or 15 minutes. And sure enough, I got to the door to step outside where it was quiet, and it was raining cats and dogs. But I had on my Vessi Stormburst, so I was able to go through all of that water on the sidewalk, across the street, to get into my car so I could do the interview in the quiet. You want to stay prepared. Join us now and let us make this summer one for the books. Seize the sun-kissed days and thrilling escapades at Vessi.com mystery for shoes that masterfully combine waterproof protection with urban elegance. 
Start your journey with Vessi and get an automatic 15% off your first order at checkout. Well, it's just frustration that would make me want to throw up against the wall verbally and do that. It would be venting. If I was actually going to interrogate her, it would be much lower tone. Sherry, we know you did it. We just want to know why. So let's not talk about whether you did or didn't. Let's talk about why you did it. If I was going to interrogate her, it would be at that level. And every time she started to deny it, I would stop her and not let her deny it. I would go back to, Sherry, stop. I want to know why. I wouldn't let her deny it. I would insist on her telling me why she did it. And it's just an interrogation technique I've always embraced. I, but, I would have worked in, well, what's, what's in it for her? Because she's going to want to know. And I would try to lead her down the path that if you come clean now, this will help you, you know, in court. And we can tell the prosecutor that you finally cooperated. Something that makes her feel like there's something in it for her. You said there were charges she could have avoided if she had told you the truth eventually. Would you have not pressed the lying to police if she had eventually told you the truth? Well, the, the lying to the police, that, that's a federal crime. So local officers, if you can lie to them, you don't get charged. So that's why the federal agent in there in the beginning of the interview said, hey, just letting you know everything you're telling me, you know, must be the truth or you could be charged with a federal crime. So that was done purposely at the beginning of that interview because we already knew the truth. And if she lied about it again, that was a charge. But that doesn't happen on the state side with state officers. So that's why that, that happened that way. So that put her in a corner. Yes. She was able to switch gears in the middle of that interview if you saw that part of it where now she didn't want to blame the person who let her go. So she brought, you know, her husband and said, I'm not going to, I don't want her arrested. I mean, that was in the middle of the interview. Yeah. And that works out handy since she doesn't exist. Right. I don't want to arrest this non-existent person. Just like saying it can't be James. It can't be James. That's just deflection. Then, you know, the family, uh, they knew she was there and they also knew that, you know, the, this whole story was being played out in the media, but she didn't, they didn't feel that, that was their responsibility to do anything. So when James saw it in the media, when his family saw it in the media, they thought not our business, not our what? business, not our business. I mean, that's, but they didn't try to hide it when they were questioned. About no, it. they, they told us the truth when we, when we questioned them, but during the time, and you gotta realize too, Sherry didn't have a TV down there. They were doing everything, watching stuff on phones, but every day paying attention to what was going on around them. Wow. And this person that she was supposed to meet the night before, you talked to him? Oh, yes. We actually flew back to Detroit and talked to him. They were just going to meet up? Did he have a plan to take her away? No, no. Um, they were just going to meet up. Uh, he he flew out here for a business uh, meeting. They were just going to get together. They were just going to get together. He just didn't realize how far from, I believe he was in San Francisco, how far of a drive it was to Reading, and just, it didn't work out. Yeah. But James had already come up here that night. So she had a way out of the house and that was a big deal, but she wasn't able to get out that night. She had already planned this with James. So it was already pre-planned. I mean, they had bought, you know, throw phones and, and so that was planned to happen. She was just trying to find a way out of the house. If she would have gotten out to go to dinner one night, or she had to come up now with this jogging, you know, routine, but she had to get out of the house and she had to, you know, disappear. Mark, all humility aside, if when she reappeared, her husband had said, you're not talking to the police 
not one word. I'm calling Mark, and if there's any communication, it will be through him. Would she have ever been charged, in your opinion? She wouldn't have been charged with lying to law enforcement because under your hypothetical, she wouldn't have lied. She would have been charged with mail fraud for the 34 times that she utilized the mail to secure compensation that she was not entitled to. Um, But she would never have done that because she wouldn't have gotten the reward. The reward, as you articulated during the show, was the accolades, the, 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 the empathy, the compassion that people had. So if she lawyered up, that's the first thing that they would have released to the public and she would have looked guilty. So, and her, and her husband was just a pawn in her game. So she never would have taken advice. She would never would have lawyered up and uh, she needed to see this thing through. And why would a victim need a lawyer? I mean, that's, you know, if she got found, she was truly taken, she was beaten. What would she need a lawyer for mm-hmm. to talk to us? I mean, that, that was, I think that would have really changed the dynamics. I, I would have come up case. with a reason, you know, that she's still, she, I'm a family friend. I'm here to help out. I just want to make sure I want to minimize the time that you guys question her over and over again, you know, sometimes by questioning her more and, uh, you know, and she reveals additional information that she ultimately did with the born story that you may then erroneously think that she's making stuff up. So I'm here to protect her. I've seen these things go sideways. So I'm here. It's not her. It's me. It's still, you know, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I think I think she wanted to talk to us, though. I think, like you said, I think this started this. Well, throughout the time, she kept contacting you with new information. Didn't she keep this case alive a lot on her own? Yeah, it wasn't until September of 2017 that we even, that she came to a point in her, what she told us, and her recovery and able to do the sketches the, for the FBI. That's how late that came out. So she would contact contact us and give us a new detail. Um, she all of a sudden remembered what the table looked like that she was bent over in order to do the brand. And then they would scour the internet, her and her husband, for different pictures of tables to then bring to us to show us. But that could happen. You've had victims of whose course. memories, sure. like wine, get better with age, but but for because there's blockage and trauma involved, right? But when you're making it up, when you're in a hole, stop digging. I mean, I'm with you. You know, and, and when she did do the uh, sketches, she actually reached out to us yet again with another interview. And she admitted in that interview that she embellished the Jason Bourne story, that I call it. So then now she's lied to us. Yeah. So 2017 really was a turning point for us in yeah, the case. She said she gashed her foot and then she said, well, it was actually a scratch and it was. There was, you look at the pictures. There was yeah. no evidence of a gash on her foot. Well, Mark, I was going to ask you, I know you're not supposed to profit from your crimes and she's pled guilty. Once she's out, is there a theory under which she can write a book or do a movie? Is there a way to navigate around that? Okay. First, she could write a book and she can do a movie. The question is, where's that money going to go? And first and foremost, it'll go to the $309,902, I think, that she owes. So that that's where that will go. Second question is, under the Son of Sam law, can she profit in that way? And I don't think that she can. So, you know, still do people do shows and then find ways for family members to benefit backdoor? Sure. But, but I don't think, it, I think it's less about money and more about her wanting the spotlight. And not only, look, Nothing is certain, but I would invest all my kids' college fund right now 
that she's ready. She's thinking about it. It's carrying her through her her time, and she can't wait to get back in front of the media. Oh, no doubt about it. She's going to find a way to keep herself out there. I'm, and, I'm sure she'll find somebody else with a white knight complex, too, to come to her aid. Yeah. I have no doubt. All right. Guys, thank you. This is fascinating. When you see somebody that's willing to go to the extent she did to injure herself and do all of that for no apparent reason. I mean, nice home, nice husband, nice kids, but not enough payoff for her. Hey, doctor, you mind if I, I, I just, I can't say enough. And I'd like the, the public to know the work that was done on this case with the detectives, you know, the main two detectives that worked this thing from beginning to end, you know, Detective Wallace and Detective Sergeant Jackson. I mean, it was just an honor for me to be able to work with them and our federal partners. I mean, the amount of work these guys put in and away from their family was just incredible. So they deserve all the credit. Well, sure. you've said that and acknowledged the sacrifices they made away from their families and their own time and how much they took it to heart. And I know they appreciate you saying that, and I do too. You know, I'm solidly behind law enforcement and I bleed blue, so I know how much those men and women give of themselves to do that. I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate them as well. So, guys, thank you so much. Mark, thank you. 